0: Shane, well, you gotta get up here. We man, gotta go.
1: I, well, man, I, I don't know if I really want to be on camera tonight with them shutting down all of the uh, the hairdressers <sighs> and yeah, everything. Forget it. Just uh, be, you'll
0: be fine. Your ugly mug's just good enough. Man, but it's just been so rough this week.
1: It's been <sighs> brutal. I'm telling I'm you. I'm not know, sure how I we're gonna want, deal with. this. I don't this. even want to look at you. Um, well, I guess we might as well do our legal uh, thing that we got to do real quick.
0: Okay. Ah, there it is.
1: Yep. Here we are. Yeah, we're are we trying covered? to maintain our I distance. I think we're covered. Here. All right. I think so. Okay. Um man, okay. Well, back to uh real life here you guys. Um uh, this didn't actually happen. <laughs> and uh you know, I in my personality, I love use, using humor. It's part of how I deal with stress, uh part of how I I deal with life and when things are getting tough, I I tend to try and make people laugh. So, um hopefully that was a little bit funny. I'm hoping cuz it's very itchy. <laughs> Can't really hear people. Yeah, I'm laugh, not sure. So. Would you guys clap if that was good? Um and the uh but the reality is is that in the midst of difficult things or trials uh like we're looking at tonight in in James, um the our real joy is the gospel. It's it's really Jesus. And so although laughter is great and we need to do it and and humor like that it's just going to be fun. Um, As we interact with our culture, our neighborhoods, um, our families, uh, we really should be pointing them to Jesus because that's where the true joy and the true hope comes from. This evening. So welcome. Thanks for joining us tonight, uh, Wednesday nights at six o'clock. And um, I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited about having Jerry Larson here. He's going to join us in just a few minutes. And uh, thanks for being here, Craig, tonight. Um, Can we take just a few minutes and uh, give everybody our, our key announcements? Um, that we have tonight. The first thing is I want to remind everybody about the food bank. Um, We are still excited about serving food and and engaging people in the community and helping them. So there's several things you can do. One, if you want to donate food to the food bank, please call our office. Um, We will arrange a time to have you drop that off and get it uh, shuttled inside. And then um, we'll also work towards getting uh, it out to the team to deliver it to people that are in need. If you want to be part of that delivery team, please contact the office and let us know. We want to get you connected um, with those who are, who are needing food and those who are uh, helping us get the bags put together. Um, and second, uh, thirdly, if you know someone that is in need, if you interact with a neighbor, you know somebody in the church that's in need, please let us know um, so that we can get you the resources that you need to help uh, do that. So thank you for being part of that. Uh, would you let them know what we're doing on Sunday? At 10 o'clock? Oh, sorry.
0: (laughs) Yes, Sunday, 10 o'clock. We're doing this again, um, and uh, we will have, uh, um, there goes my name database, but anyway. Alan. Alan, thank you. Alan Alan Ulmer is going (laughs) to be on to join us, and uh, so we'll be getting into the word in Matthew again, uh, along with Alan Ulmer.
1: Awesome. And we know that Kids Rock uh, Kids Rock, and Youth Group, they have things going on. I'm excited. Youth Group's got uh, a, a live uh, venue that they're doing on Zoom on Sunday nights at 530. Uh, we're looking for ways to engage you guys. We're looking for ways to engage the kids uh, and get them involved. In fact, this is what I would like you to do for this week. And I haven't approved this with Kids Rock, so this could be a wild, crazy event. Uh, but what I would like for you to do, kids, Talk to your parents, and I want you to email the church or send it to us on Facebook, your favorite Bible verse, and here's the good one, your favorite Bible joke. And we'll pick one or two of those to share with you if you get them sent to us next week. So give us something to, uh, to share with the congregation, and uh, we'd love to engage and hear from you as well. Um, the last thing. I really want to encourage you, if this is an opportunity for us as a church to be the church, it's it's a time for us to, to deal with the circumstances, to look at the culture, to recognize that they're looking for hope as well, because there's great fear uh, when when there's disease and there's there's threat of death or this kind of thing that runs around, when, especially when you don't know the Lord, when you don't have the hope of the gospel um, to, to rely on. And so I want to encourage you to invite your friends or your neighbors to come and join you or to to sign in and join us on Facebook or through the webpage um, and and then check in with them later and talk about what the text is that we're wrestling with. Maybe something that Jerry shares tonight will be deeply impacting that you want to share with them uh, through, through the, the Facebook feed later on this week. It's an opportunity for you to minister and reach out to your friends, to your neighbors, and even to your family. And the last thing is if you are in need of a Bible, we're going to be turning through our Bible tonight. If you're in need of a Bible, you don't have one, um, you, you want one that's actually paper that you can feel, that's in your hands, something different than your phone or your computer, would you please email us at admin at libertylakechurch.com um, and let us know. We would be interested in helping you get a Bible and having it at your house. So at this time, I think we're going to go to music. Would you open us in prayer? Mm-hmm. And we'll turn it over to Travis and Becca tonight. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Father, we just uh, pray that your name would be glorified this evening, that you would be in our midst and in our greater midst with uh, all of uh, our family that's uh, out there in their homes. Um, Pray that you would speak your words into our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
2: Won't you join us with Joyful, the One Who Saves? Unfold like flowers Before you opening to the sun above Melt the clouds of sin And sadness Drive the dark of doubt away Giver of eternal gladness Fill us with the light of day You are the one who saves are the one who saves. You are the one whose hands lift us from the grave. You are the light of life, the everlasting day. You are the one who takes all our Of the joy of living ocean depths of happiness. You are the one who saves, you are the one who saves, you are the one one whose hands lift us from the grave. You are the light of life, the everlasting. You are the one who takes all our sins. blessing ever blessed, fountain of the joy of living, ocean depths of happy rest. You are the one who saves. You are the one who saves. You are the one whose hands lift us from the grave. You are the life of life, the everlasting day. You are the one who takes all our sins away. You are the one who takes all our sins away. You are the one who takes all our sins away. Father, that uh, you call us unto yourself just as we are. Um, Even as much as our human soul and human spirit want to come before your throne um, clean, Father, it is you that makes us clean. You're the one who um, sears our lips with a white coal um, so that we can stand before you with our sins atoned. And uh, we praise you for that, and we thank you for that, and we just ask that you would Um, Bless the discussion here tonight, and bless all all of our friends and family um, out in internet land. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, we are glad uh, to have you with us again uh, tonight, and uh, we are looking at James chapter one. Uh, That's part of the discussion that we're going to do, but one of the great privileges is And to talk with us about what it means to be experiencing trials and and exercising joy in that uh, reality. So, Jerry, would you introduce us uh, just to yourself, just a little bit to us? There may be somebody out here who doesn't know you like we do. Um, so, give us a little bit of what you've done in the few days you've been alive, and and what your real passion is. Um,
3: in the few okay, thank you in the few days that I've been alive thank you very much it sounds good well I grew up in Spokane moved here from Minnesota when I was 7 years old with my uh my mother and my twin sister and I launched out and came clear across the country and anyway so but Spokane is really still home for me and then I was in Oregon for 23 years and moved back to Spokane 19 years ago but uh Best thing about my life in in my college years, I just realized that even going to, I literally had never missed a Sunday in church for 20 years. And yet that loneliness, that lack of purpose and meaning in my life was just gripping me more and more. And finally, Easter week, 66 years ago, (laughs) Walking along the middle of a college campus all by myself, I realized that even though I believed in God and Christ and the Bible, I had never personally really asked Christ to forgive me and to be my Savior. And I made that decision walking along in the middle of a college campus all by myself. And then came home for Easter weekend, and my life has been changed forever. And then from there on, after college, I eventually went to Southern California for three years to go to seminary, came back to Spokane, and my first job was being a youth pastor up in North Spokane. And But I have been talking to youth, though, for basically 66 years, because I spent the last three and a half years of college talking to kids and played four years of varsity baseball in college. and. That was a great time. Then after that, I eventually went to, after my year and a half of being a youth pastor, I took a pastor of a church in Oregon and spent the next 35 plus years uh, pastoring different churches in the western part of the United States. And then the last 24 years, I've been traveling around the western part of the United States and Canada and Hawaii as well and basically trying to help train people on how to talk about their faith. Most people want to and they just don't get off the launching pad and my passion is to help people learn how to express to other people how they came to personal faith in Christ and that's the passion that still grips my life.
1: Amen. Well, and for those of you that are struggling to both of your feet and your hand, you'll have to get a partner to help you keep track of all of those years that you've been in ministry and sharing your faith and ministering to people. Uh, one of the things that we have to, I, I wanted to point out, and I, I wanted people to understand as we're engaging in this conversation was just based on the number of years you've been a Christian. And, and the fact that that happened, bef- you know, after you were born, puts you into the what they call the high risk category. So, Jerry, what what was it that caused you to say, "Man, Shane, I'd love to come and share with people my heart," especially you were referencing a little bit about seeing James one and going, "I love that passage. I'd be interested in talking about that." Why why did you accept our invitation to come on here and put yourself at risk, being within you know this proximity to me?
3: Yeah, that's right. I said, so if I'm going to get some germs, I might as well get some holy ones. So, <laughs> so I decided to come and, and just share tonight because, the, and I, I'm really, really honest, we couldn't talk about a more powerful passage of Scripture in the day in which we're living Amen. than we are uh, James chapter 1, those first four verses. And then really, when I watch the news every day, I am totally reminded that my age bracket is the number one dying age bracket. So that's a good motivation, isn't it? But I always tell people, one of the great joys of my life is knowing if I don't wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to be with Christ forever. So that sure does a lot to my joy. Amen. And to realize that, uh, you know, that a lot of people would like to have that kind of peace and that kind of joy. And that's why I spend my life sharing with him. You can have that, but it comes through a personal faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And and I've got that. And so even at my age, I know I'm sniffing glory, but I'm trying to make every day count.
1: It's one of my, that's one of my favorite sayings that you have is sniffing glory. I think that and the bedside Baptist that you give me every now and then when you're preaching somewhere else and let me know that you're not at church. So if you want to know the bedside Baptist Uh illustration, you'll have to check in maybe later, maybe we'll give it to him later. Okay. So we are going to look at James chapter one. I've asked Craig to read that for us tonight. So at this time, we're going to, you're going to open your Bibles, take a couple seconds. Craig's going to count to, I don't know, 75. You want to give him time? Not that long. We're not going to take that long um we it's don't have that much but if you wait till i get there then at least we'll know right mm-hmm. and i'm i'm uh being slow about it here all right i Jared, think I'm, i faster think, than you. i think it's i'm there yeah jerry beat me <laughs> it's in the new testament is it new testament there? thank you no. thank you i needed th-
0: james 1 uh 1 3. of god and of the lord jesus christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion greetings mm-hmm. for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways.
1: Amen. I think uh, the um, two, two things that really grabbed me as we were going through that text as I was preparing to have this discussion, uh, the first one was the phrase count it. And the second was this idea of when you meet trials and um, the, the idea behind counting it all joy is actually to see something and, and recognize or, or um, actually consider it, regard it as a, a joyful thing. And, and this idea of meeting this thing is, is almost like—I was thinking about this illustration. It's running into somebody at the, at the supermarket that you didn't like at church and you avoided last Sunday. It could be just like that. Could you guys imagine that moment? You avoided them on Sunday on purpose because you don't like him. You don't want to talk to him. You don't deal with them. And then you're in the supermarket and they're like, oh, hey, Jerry, Craig. Hey, it's good to see you. Mm-hmm. I think it's that kind of, you know, we might sometimes recognize those moments and encounter them. But you also did some work, Craig, on that word trials. And oh. I loved I loved what you found in there about the different kinds of trials or how that that Greek word can be translated.
0: Yeah, I, I found that quite interesting um, because we often look at trials as just the bad things that happen, but it really t- talks about, it, it says, uh, a putting to proof by experiment of good and experience of evil. Yeah. And again, that's experiment of good and experience of evil. And when I thought about that, it's, there's, there's two types of trials that you can have. And one is that like an athlete where you are preparing for the competition, And so there's these trials that happen that you are self-inflicting, so to speak, um, to do in order to prepare you for the competition. And I think that's exactly what he's talking about. We can have joy as we prepare each day in the Word, in life experience, and things for those things that are going to happen when we. So those are experiments of good as we do the experience of evil. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what that's the question that we have for you, Jerry. Is is in your life? Experience. How have you seen this experience of good, or experimenting with good, and then how that has prepared you for the experience of evil in in trials that are that are in your life?
3: Well, if you want me to talk about my trials, is that it or what? Absolutely. (laughs) Well, well,
1: we yeah, we want Jerry. I'm curious. I want to know, and I'm sure others. In in 66 years of following (laughs) Jesus. How has that helped you deal with difficulties in your life? How has that prepared you for dealing with the difficult trials that you might face? Well,
3: I can think of three things really quickly. I hope this is really quickly. But when I went off to college over in Tacoma, Washington, before I left, I worked with another young man for several months, and then he got a scholarship and went back to Pennsylvania to go to college, and I went to Tacoma. Well, I came home for Christmas break my first year in college, and I could hardly wait to see this kid and talk about what school like back in Pennsylvania. So I called his home. I didn't even take my jacket off. I was so excited to see him. And his parents answered the phone and told me that he had been killed in a car accident coming Mm -hmm. home for Christmas break. And God shattered my world. Mm -hmm. And... uh, because I grew up with that attitude, God, you go your way, I'll go mine. If I need you, I'll holler. And all of a sudden, here's somebody my age and they're gone. And that started me on this life, the journey that I've been on. And I can help people. That was, talk about a trial. I can still remember Christmas to Easter, those three months, 66 years ago, were as vivid in my mind I can recount it just like it was today. That's how vivid it was in my mind. And what a trial that was. And uh, so that was a big thing. And then just the other trials of just being, you know, involved in ministry and involved in the heartache of so many people over the years in which I still am. And then I just remember one year that I was out of the ministry And working in a grocery store. Absolutely. And uh, I can remember one day cleaning up the mess in one of the aisles at the grocery store, and I thought, graduated from college and two seminaries. You talk about humiliating. I was never so humiliated in my life. Is God, is this what you've got for my life? Little did I realize. How much God would use that year of what I thought was trials Amen. to teach me lessons I'd have never learned any time anywhere else. I still thank Him to this day for that year. Absolutely, and that was one of them. And then my last one, if I want to make it quickly, was next month. It'll be four years ago that my uh, wife went home to be with the Lord very quickly, and. When I say quickly, I had a three-week notice. (laughs) And uh, so I've been alone now for four years next month. And those thoughts grip you. What now, Lord? And then to see what he's doing and how he's working in my life and how I can encourage a lot of people my age that are living like I am and now to watch me, God use me in their life. And just to watch how every trial, you can see that joy part coming out in that mm-hmm. with that part of my life. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, and you, got, you um, are dealing with uh, challenges even in your personality, right? Because um, one of the things we talked about before we got um, up here was how you're experiencing more involvement with people, people calling and engaged because the culture, because our regular life has been interrupted by this, you're experiencing a higher volume of people engaging you on the phone and and more opportunity for ministry, even though you're not out. Um, uh, what were your new chaplain job was at the Yokes, I think, that, that you gave yourself, <laughs> right? And uh, so, I, I mean, but that's that's another thing that you were sharing with us earlier about yeah. the joy that you're seeing in this time. People are reaching out because they're in need.
3: Well, just like this week. I mean, when thinking about it, I was opened up the garage door to to run a quick errand. And as I opened up the garage door, a lady from across the street where I live, I live in a little circle over here. She was walking through the, she liked to, likes to walk on the circle where I live. And she stopped and I'd never met her before. And we introduced ourselves to each other and we were a good six feet apart. And <laughs> You know, just because of what's going on, we can get in a conversation with anybody. And, of course, people who know me best know that's not a problem for me. Right. But it was just beautiful just to walk her through uh, this time of what everybody's going through. But what a difference Jesus Christ has made in my life. Amen. And I shared that with her and how she could come into a personal relationship with Christ as well. And to think... How sovereign it was for God to have her walk by the minute I opened the door, and then two weeks, bef- two days before that, I was walking to my little <laughs> post uh, mailboxes where we all got to go to in our circle, and I was walking over to get my mail, and the another <laughs> garage door went up, and a guy walked out, and I said, "Hi," I met him once before. And we got in a conversation walking over to the mailbox, and I ended up sharing with him how how I came to faith in Christ and what it meant to me in these days of trials. (laughs) And then it yokes at the same thing. So, folks, what I'm challenging all of us with, just keep your eyes and ears open. Even if you're six feet away, you can get in a lot of meaningful conversations and as everybody that knows me best knows, that's where the, my passion is. Absolutely, which okay. is one of the reasons
1: I wanted you to share that as we think about the difficulties of these yeah. times. One of the next the next point that we have in here is as we watch James encourage the church that he's encouraging, uh, which is an encouragement to us, is that, that second point of being complete and lacking nothing, the results of, these trials, the results of God using this in our life, um, the, the the hope, part of the faith that we have, part of the joy we have, is that it's going to result in steadfastness and completeness. He's actually in the process of completing us. Um, and I love the passage. I'm going to read it real quick for you. It's Hebrews 10. Um, give me just a second to get there. Don't start switching over in your Bibles. But it's Hebrews 10. Uh, verse 14, I believe. And what's so beautiful about this to me is that he sets the the tension between the the past tense and the present tense. And you'll see that when we read it. So follow along with me on, on the screen if you have it or in your Bibles, uh, Hebrews 10, verse 14. It says this, For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Mm-hmm. So here we see in this one verse, Jesus, through his sacrifice, perfecting for all time, that's the past tense, those who are being sanctified, who are being set apart. And uh, I, I think as you have shared a little bit, it's encouraged and reminded me of some of those things. But as you think of your life in this walk with Jesus, how have you dealt with that tension in your life of of? Seeing, knowing that you're saved, but watching God sanctify you through these trials, through allowing things to happen in your life that have caused you to be set apart and and to be focused on Him more clearly?
3: Well, I think one of the big things on this whole passage of Scripture, too, is to realize that you start to realize more and more not, a lot of times, not the minute it happens right? or the minute you get a phone call. If you knew the phone calls I've had in the last two weeks, it's just been. times not only for your own life, but you can help walk other people through their trial and show them the, what they can be learning through their trial. The truth that they can pass on and have a ministry in other people's lives. And this is, it's been an awesome thing in yeah. that light yeah. to see that both sides of it. What am I learning? But then what can I help you learn? Not only from one of my trials, but what can I help you learn through what you're going through?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
3: that's, a, that's a wonderful thing.
1: Yeah. And I, I love the, I love the idea of, of, it happening while we are sanct, while we're, while we're already perfected, right? Cause I struggle with that. I, I'm, I'm always wrestling with why is it that I know this truth? And yet I find myself struggling with those realities. I find myself struggling <laughs> with doubt. I find myself struggling with, with anxiety or fear, even about the culture, even about, about work. Um, you know, we, I, I don't always think of myself as being old. Um, but man, when you start looking at facebook and you realize you're only a few years away from being 50 there was a time where i thought that was ancient (laughs) and now i realize that's just just the now yeah just a kid kid. (laughs) um and so the the tendency and the temptation is for us to get really wrapped up in the moment really wrapped up in the things that we lost. I remember you and I were talking two weeks ago, and I'm not going to throw you into the bus um, here totally, uh, but you were sharing with me how losing some of the sports was really a challenge for you. and, And you saw that as being something God took away to help you focus on others, to help you actually see more. And I think that's part of what the church, it's part of what we're experiencing as a body of believers. Some of our norm, some of the stuff that we live with every day that we would consider to be just regular expectations has been pulled away. And and now we're, I think at times asking the question, how does the church be the church? H- how do we live in this moment and excel? It, you and I talked a little bit about that earlier. How how would you encourage the body today to be the church in 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 the situation that we're in right now? What what would you share with somebody about being the church today while they're stuck at home or or doing this shelter in place? Well, maybe
3: let me add a little thought to what you just said there too, because I think it's what's so awesome is that when I, let me go back, when I look at my own life, and then when you think of your Christian life in college, then your Christian life, you got married, and then your Christian life, you had kids, and then your Christian life and the kids are all gone, and then you get to where I'm at now, but I watched God use me. In different ways in each one of those sections of my life, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. So I can come to somebody now, they don't have the time that I've got. I've, You know, this is a different world for me right now. But when I had three boys, and they're all playing sports, most of the dinners we had were in cars driving them to their games. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was my ministry. Parents, players, coaches of players, that was my ministry for over 20 years, Amen. and then that shut down, and it got a next. helping people understand how, what, how can God use you where you are now with your whatever phase of life that you're in. That's yeah. a, I like to help people. That A lot of people don't understand that, but right. I do.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I think that leads us right into our third point as well, which is the whole idea of um, if we lack wisdom, if we're not sure what to do, mm-hmm. Uh, we have lots of options, but I, I love this part of this text. Actually, it's one of my favorite aspects uh, because James actually says, "If you lack wisdom," in verse five, "If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously without reproach to all. He gives that to all." I love that idea because I think sometimes when we think about asking, um, I don't know, maybe me as a parent, I haven't been really great about being gracious with my boys when they come and ask questions. Sometimes I've maybe I've been a little short, a little, a little tired, a little less than. Uh, than uh, excited about them repeating a question to me. Um, And yet what we see God here saying, uh, James is telling us about God, the father is that he gives to all without reproach. He doesn't look down on us and say, Oh my goodness, that dumb kid is back again. How can Shane be such a problem child to have to come and ask for more wisdom? He doesn't do that to us. I mean, I I don't know about you guys. Does that, does that motivate your heart at all, that, that God's excited to engage us in this reality of, of asking for wisdom and, and then Him giving it to us? Well,
0: and I think He wants us to ask frequently. Yes. He's, he's inviting us into a conversation Yeah, um, of asking yep. and saying, ask me for wisdom. I, he, he holds all of it, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so why not?
3: Well, When have we gone a week in our whole lives? that God- what do I do here? What do I say here? Yeah. How do I approach this now? And what do I say to this person who's calling me and crying right now because his wife is in the last week of her life? And yeah, I need wisdom. Yeah. This is just this week, right? You know, and uh, yeah, I need. What do know? What do I need to say to him? Boy, you shoot up those quick prayers for wisdom. So that's where we all live. Absolutely. I don't know if you. This, this passage, we should preach on this every Sunday.
4: <laughs> right? We really
1: could. We absolutely could. And, <laughs> and the reality is, is that if we're not, if we're not stopping to ask for wisdom, what we're, what we're really doing is we don't understand the value. We one, we don't understand our need for God, right. and we don't understand His desire to engage us in relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's part of the the that second the the third point is one. James tells us to ask first. He says ask. Um, and later on in James chapter uh, 4, verse 8, um, we're not actually going to get there tonight, but we'll, we'll um, uh, all the way through James, obviously. Um, but I want to read this one verse in James chapter 4, verse 8. So if you have your Bibles, turn there or, or check it out on the screen here in just a second. But James chapter 4, verse 8 says this Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double minded. He seems to have this idea that we're supposed to be actively drawing near actively engaging so we need to ask i love your illustration we have those moments in life where we're not sure what to do we got to ask and is this not one of them as a culture as a church is this not one of those moments where we need to turn to the lord and say god what do you want i I heard somebody was sharing with me uh we i don't know if you see him on facebook but it's just fun to watch some of these parents going ah (laughs) <laughs> my kids are home. What am I supposed to do with this? And I love some of my homeschool moms. They're just like, uh, normal life? What, what what's so tough with this? This is what we do every day. It's just a beautiful opportunity of growth for us to say, God, how do we do this? How do we be the church? How do we engage in this moment? And I just love that. So
3: I got a text this week from a from a guy whose wife is home with nine kids now. Oh yeah. Does she need wisdom? (laughs) Amen,
1: amen, and prayer.
3: Prayer, so so true. Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Well, the second part of that is he challenges us to ask, but have faith, not to be the double-minded, not not to ask, not expecting to receive. I've asked Craig, would you mind reading um, that that passage in Matthew, Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-three? 25 through 34, and then Jerry Litz, would you comment on that for us um, after he reads this text? I think you really enjoyed this when we were talking about it earlier. So turn with me, look on the screen, or turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse
0: 25. Okay. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble.
1: So in the midst of trials, do you find any anxiety, Jerry?
3: Well, yeah, another way to put this passage is don't worry about anything.
1: Right. <laughs> we
3: were, somebody once said I'll never forget it, you know. When we worry, we pull to yes we pull to we pull tomorrow's clouds over today's sunshine. Oh yeah. That's great. You know, sometimes we do that. Yep. And we just worry, you know, and literally worry ourselves sick. Well, I never worry about what to wear. And right. I don't even have to ask it. No, I, won't. <laughs> I won't get into this. <laughs> I don't even have to ask anybody what to wear anymore. I love this anywhere. I don't worry about what to wear. But now, what to eat? Now, that's another problem.
1: Right, right.
3: So I went 54 years of marriage and never fixed one meal. Now, the last four years. Now, you don't want to come over to my house for dinner, I know. But the worry of all of that is. It's getting less all the time and sure. I'm finding little things to fix and little things to do and people are helping me so but this isn't just the daily life. And now when you think about where people are, you know, I've got two daughter in laws that lost their jobs last week. Yep, yep. So you've got all of this stuff. Well, we need the Lord and we need scripture and we need encouragement and we need to build up each other and help each other with these worries
1: that can grip us. I know several people that have been laid off, several that are, that are worried about being laid off. Uh, I mean, the, the potential for anxiety, the potential for people to be worried right now is high. Um, And so how, how is it that Jesus can say that to his disciples? I mean, they're getting ready to go into a season of being attacked by the Pharisees and, and, you know, watching him be crucified, and then them being in in a sense really persecuted mm-hmm. for their faith in Christ. I mean, Peter, mm-hmm. I think it was Peter and James and John, or maybe it was just Peter and James. I can't remember, but they got beat for testifying about who Jesus was, and they were said to told, "Don't you do this again?" How do we not worry about stuff in that setting? I mean, it, it's amazing to me that that's mm-hmm. Jesus's in, uh, mm-hmm. encouragement to the church. Um, and I, I think obviously in the text, he's pointing to God, the father and the the confidence they have and who he is and the care that the, that they're going to have. So I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I can, I know that this is a time that this is a season where people are experiencing great anxiety. What's going to be tomorrow? What, what happens next week? What about our economy? What about this virus? What are we going to do in the midst of this time and, and pay how are we going to pay our bills? How are we going to do all of this stuff? Um, and so what would you encourage them well, to put their eyes on well, at you this know, time?
3: Well, I'm so glad you said that because I've read so many articles this last year that highlight how anti-God America has become and how our culture is just getting sucked down the drain. And everybody, even college students filling out their forms to go into college and the little question, what religion are you? And the percentage of none is higher than it's ever been. Now look, if we don't think God's getting people's attention, I'll tell you, I I haven't said hello to one person in the last two weeks that wasn't willing to talk. So let's open our mouths and talk. And tell them that what the answer to some of this is, you know, that yep. we've got someone that will love us and say, I'll never, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And they need some of these promises that we can share with them. Amen.
1: Yep. Amen. Because again, the hope, the joy, oh. the source of all this comes through Jesus. It's It's how yep. we look at trials. Yep. It's how we experience this stuff. And we trust that, that God the Father is using them to perfect us. He's using them to sanctify us, and in His keep, in His care, that the things of this earth really aren't—they're—they're they're immediate, they're—they're they're present, but they don't really matter for eternity. They don't affect us in in in, in the way that we sometimes think they do. Um, they're not as important as eternity, and. God's in the business of preparing us to go home to preparing us to be sniffing glory as you like to say uh, to preparing us to be celebrating in his presence to be to be glorifying him and, and to be um, right there. so well thank you, Jerry for joining us. I am thrilled that you were here I am it's such a privilege to have you. I, I really want you to know that if you aren't uh, if you're not around on a Sunday morning when we get to come back together and Jerry's here we, we allow him to preach. What am am I doing now? Maybe once a year, just so that (laughs) that's not true. But but we do. We allow Jerry to preach. In fact, we were just sharing this. You guys, you need to know this. Um, Our highest Facebook views normally come when somebody other than me is preaching. Um, Because when Gary uh, Baker preaches or when Jerry Larson preaches, that's when we get the most views. So you guys obviously have a a great following outside of our area. And uh, we are glad to have you. And it is really a privilege. You are an inspiration Mm -hmm. to me. And and mm. you are um, one of the dear saints that I believe is a great example and a model for us to follow. Mm. And I just thank you for being faithful and mm. and for honoring God with your life. Um, and what a privilege it is to have you join us tonight and to share with our body um, those who are at home watching right now. Um, thanks for being here.
3: Well, you have no idea what it means to me too. And I'll tell you. And I hope that's one of the things I try to do too. Is I want to be a hope to the senior generation to realize that we're not here to vegetate our way to glory. Amen. We're here to make a difference until the day God calls me home. And in June, my favorite aunt will be 103. Wow. And she calls me from Arkansas, and I helped her come to Christ on her 98th birthday. And so here we are. Ninety-eight. I mean, I'm not ninety-eight yet, but I mean, I'm <laughs> eighty-five. She's one hundred and three almost. And boy, these are good days. Don't pass it by. Amen. Okay. <laughs> well,
1: let's continue to celebrate, and we're going to close with a song um, with our team. And please stay put for just a minute. I've got just a couple closing thoughts that I will share with you before you go.
2: Won't you join us with it as well?
4: And earth is has quaked before, moved by the sound of His voice. Seas that are shaken and stirred be calmed and broken for my the midst of sea
1: Thank you guys for coming and hanging out with us tonight. Thanks again to Jerry. What a privilege it is to have him and Craig and the, the whole team that's here. Um, we know and uh, we want to remember that at this time there are real trials. There are real difficulties. And every one of us has something probably in our life that we need to go to God with this evening and ask for wisdom, ask for direction. I want to encourage you tonight to take a few minutes before you're done, before you close. We're we're not going to close in prayer. I'm going to ask you and your homes to close in prayer this evening. Um, So, Dad, if you're home, would you lead your kids and and your family? Mom, if it's you and the kids, or if it just happens to be kids hanging out, that would be amazing. But just take a moment and go to the Lord this evening and ask for wisdom for the areas that you need wisdom tonight to hear from God. It is our privilege uh, to fellowship together, um, and, and I know that we're, we're missing that. I was thinking about it today, how much I miss our time uh, here on Sunday, our time together, and, and getting to connect. And so um, take advantage of the opportunity, as Jerry challenged us tonight, to see your neighbor, to interact with them, to ask, how can I uh, be a light to this community? How can I be part of God's gospel, truth, and hope? Uh, in the midst of difficulty um, and and really great anxiety and, and opportunity for that, so and know you're loved, know you're thought about, and we look forward to seeing you on Sunday morning at ten o'clock, and and Lord willing here again next Wednesday at six. And uh, sweetie, I'll be home soon, and uh, be ready. We'll, we'll we'll close in prayer when I get there. So God bless, have a great evening, and uh, keep your eyes on the Lord, because it is He who is the source of our joy and our hope. And uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Good night.